Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, I break down the midterm elections on how LGBTQ candidates did, as well as how the blue wave will affect our community. The U.S. State Department denounces the hideous human rights violations against LGBTQ people in Tanzania. Hollywood legend Rock Hudson is getting a big screen biopic treatment by out super producer Greg Berlanti. And Colton Haynes surprised fans with a cover of A Million Dreams from the Greatest Showman soundtrack. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. With the 2018 midterm elections in the rearview mirror and the 2020 election cycle set to begin at any moment, here's my big recap of what happened and how it will affect LGBTQ Americans going forward. First up, and most important for the entire country, Democrats regain control of the House of Representatives. As I'm speaking, according to the New York Times, Democrats have now picked up 32 seats, more than the necessary 23 needed to take control, and there are still four more contests looking good for Democrats that haven't been called yet. What this means is, for the first time, a lever of Congress will be holding Donald Trump and Republicans accountable. Nancy Pelosi is expected to return as Speaker of the House, and she's already announced that the Equality Act, which would expand the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to give LGBTQ people federal protection from discrimination in terms of employment, housing, credit, education, public spaces, and services, would be a priority. While no one expects the legislation to pass in the next two years with the Republican-controlled Senate and White House, Democrats will certainly give the bill energy and momentum so it could be signed by a pro-LGBTQ president, hopefully in 2020. Even more important, perhaps, though, is the oversight of the Trump administration's anti-LGBTQ policies, including religious freedom laws, the transgender military ban, and efforts to define laws against sex discrimination to exclude LGBTQ people. A huge win for the community was Jared Polis's win in Colorado as the first openly gay man to be elected governor of a state. Also, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon clinched her bid for re-election. She became the nation's first openly bisexual governor in 2015. Unfortunately, transgender Vermonter Christine Halquist and Texas's openly lesbian Lupe Valdez lost their races for the governorship in their states. Joshua Tenorio became Guam's lieutenant governor, making him the first openly gay elected to territory-wide office. Governorships are extremely important because they can set the policies and agenda for states in opposition to the White House. And governors will oversee the 10-year redistricting efforts to come in 2020 after the census. That will allow a course correction from the gerrymandering Republicans enacted in 2010, which helped to hamper Democratic efforts in the years since. Democrats flipped seven governorships to blue this election cycle. Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Maine, 
Kansas, Nevada, and New Mexico were all pickups for the Democrats, which will have a huge impact on the 2020 elections. Remember, in 2016, Donald Trump won Michigan and Wisconsin with Republican governors at the helm. Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, the only openly lesbian in the Senate, coasted to re-election. Sharice Davids becomes the first openly gay Native American elected to Congress, winning Kansas's deep red 3rd Congressional District. Angie Craig beat Republican Jason Lewis to become the first openly LGBTQ person elected to Congress from Minnesota and the first LGBTQ mother in Congress. New York's 18th Congressional District re-elected gay father of three Sean Patrick Maloney to his fourth term in the House. With his victory over Republican Eddie Edwards, Chris Pappas becomes the first openly gay member of Congress from New Hampshire. Openly bisexual Katie Hill won her California race to unseat anti-LGBTQ Republican Steve Knight in the 25th District. Openly gay Congressman Mark Pocan of Wisconsin easily won his re-election bid, as did David Cicilline of Rhode Island and Mark Takano of California. J.D. Ford unseated one of Indiana's most conservative state senators, becoming the Hoosier state's first out-state legislator. Pennsylvania elected Malcolm Kenyatta to its state house, becoming the first out-gay black man to be elected to the Pennsylvania legislature. And in Pennsylvania, woofy Brian Sims easily won re-election to the state house as well. Go Team Bear! Maryland State Delegate Mary Washington made history as the first openly LGBTQ person of color to be elected to the Maryland State Senate. Also in Maryland, Gabriel Acevedo is the first openly gay black man elected to the Maryland Assembly. Jennifer Webb becomes the first openly LGBTQ woman to be elected to the Florida legislature, and two transgender women, Jerry Cannon and Lisa Bunker, were elected to the New Hampshire House of Representatives. They joined Virginia State Delegate Danica Rome as the only openly transgender members of any state legislature. And then there's Proposition 3 in Massachusetts, which asked Bay Staters if they wanted to keep their groundbreaking protections for transgender people in place. They did, as the amendment sailed to victory with over 68%. Florida voters passed Amendment 4, which will restore voting rights to felons, other than for murder or rape, who have served their time in prison and paid their debt to society. And then there were wins for prominent LGBTQ allies as well. Zach Walls, who famously defended his two moms speaking to Iowa lawmakers about same-sex marriage in 2011, will now become part of that very body after winning his contest to Iowa State Senate. I'm especially proud that my home state of Nevada elected pro-LGBTQ Jackie Rosen to the U.S. Senate, the one Senate pickup so far for the Democrats. Also of note, Kim Davis, boo, the infamous Kentucky County clerk who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples after the U.S. Supreme Court made marriage equality the law of the land, lost her re-election bid. There were some heartbreaking losses this week as well. Beto O'Rourke lost his high-profile bid to win the U.S. Senate seat opposite anti-LGBTQ Republican Ted Cruz. 
Bill Nelson of Florida is currently in a recount to retain his U.S. Senate seat, and Andrew Gillum is also in a recount in the Sunshine State to become the first black governor of Florida. In Arizona, votes are still being counted in the race for U.S. Senate between Democrat Kirsten Sinema and Republican Martha McSally. The race is very close, and because so many vote by mail in the state, counting those votes takes a long time. Cinema currently leads by 32,640 votes. That's 49.6% versus McSally's 48.1%. There are still 200,000 ballots left to be counted. Should she win, Cinema will become the first openly bisexual member of the U.S. Senate. A town in Florida has become the second in the nation to elect an entirely LGBTQ city commission. Wilton Manor's City Commission's last straight commissioner, Scott Newton, lost his re-election bid this week. The City Commission is now made up of four LGBTQ commissioners and a gay mayor. The only other city in the U.S. with an all-LGBTQ city council is Palm Springs, California. According to the 2010 census, Wilton Manor's in Florida has the second-highest percentage of same-sex couples living in it after Provincetown, Massachusetts. And one more fantastic midterm election result to report. Hunky gay former Marine Neil Rafferty came out on top this week in his race for the state house seat in Alabama's District 54. Not only did he win, he won big. According to Alabama.com, Rafferty trumped his opponent, independent Joseph Casper Baker III, by a margin of 90%, 90 to 10%. Since 2006, the seat has been held by openly lesbian Representative Patricia Todd, who chose to retire this year. Todd endorsed Rafferty's candidacy. The political newbie had never run for political office before. He spent four years in the U.S. Marines before returning home to earn a bachelor's degree from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. He currently works as the Director of Research and Development at Birmingham AIDS Outreach. Rafferty joined the Marines after his longtime boyfriend, Michael Rudolph, had been deployed twice to Iraq as a Marine so they could stay together even though Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still in effect at the time. The couple, still together 14 years later, are currently engaged and planning their wedding. Last week, I reported on the ongoing crackdown by police in Tanzania targeting the LGBTQ community. The human rights violations continue as 10 men were arrested for allegedly holding a same-sex marriage ceremony on a beach in Zanzibar. The men were forced to face anal examinations while in custody, according to The Guardian. Now, the U.S. government has condemned Tanzania for, quote, creating an atmosphere of violence, intimidation, and discrimination against the LGBTQ community amid a crackdown against all alleged homosexuals. In a strongly worded statement, the U.S. Department of State expressed concern over the arrests and harassment of the LGBTQ community in Tanzania and called on the country's leaders to safeguard its population's civil liberties. The U.S. government's statement is in response to several moves by the governor of the country's economic capital, Dar es Salaam, to round up those believed to be homosexual. 
homosexuality is still a criminal offense in Tanzania, though the authorities' recent targeting of homosexuals has shocked many international bodies. Earlier this week, the European Union released a statement saying the European Union regrets the deterioration of the human rights and rule of law situation in Tanzania and will be conducting a broad review of its relations with Tanzania. It was also announced that the EU's ambassador to Tanzania would be recalled to Brussels. Last week, Amnesty International's regional director for East Africa warned officials that the actions were leading the country down a dangerous path. Greg Berlanti, the openly gay TV super producer behind Riverdale, Green Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and more, will direct a big screen biopic about Rock Hudson, the closeted heartthrob who was one of Hollywood's biggest stars during the 50s and 60s, including an Oscar nomination for his role in Giant. Berlanti, who directed this year's uplifting teen coming-of-age coming-out story, Love, Simon, will base his Rock Hudson film on All That Heaven Allows, the upcoming biography of Rock Hudson by Mark Griffin. Griffin's book, which comes out December 4th, reconstructs Hudson's career and private life through hundreds of interviews with co-stars, family members, and former companions, as well as unprecedented access to private journals, private correspondence, and production files. As far as we know, Berlanti's film will be the first theatrical biopic of Rock Hudson. As many know, Rock Hudson was one of the most iconic actors of his time, appearing in 64 films, often as the romantic lead. He also appeared in the long-running 70s police procedural Macmillan and Wife and the campy 80s primetime soap opera Dynasty. Throughout his career, tabloids threatened to publish second-hand accounts of Hudson's rumored sexuality, which clearly would have ended his career. Hudson briefly married a woman named Phyllis Gates in 1955, but they divorced three years later and neither remarried. It was in 1984 when then-59-year-old Hudson appeared on the Christian cable network talk show Doris Day's Best Friends, looking visibly ill. Speculation began that he was dying of AIDS. The following year, Hudson's publicist confirmed those rumors just three months before he would die. Hudson famously reached out to longtime friend Nancy Reagan for help, but she would remain silent on the issue. That said, Hudson's death focused international attention on the disease and turned his close friend and former co-star Elizabeth Taylor into a vocal advocate for HIV research. While we've come a long way today, sadly, many Hollywood stars continue to closet their LGBTQ identities and health issues in search of mainstream fame and success. And speaking of out actors, Aerostar Colton Haynes surprised fans this week with a soaring cover of A Million Dreams from the soundtrack of The Greatest Showman with singer Matt Bloyd. Calling the film, quote, the greatest movie I've seen in a while, Colton says he was super excited to sing with his buddy Bloyd, an alum of Fox's singing reality show, The Four. I have to say, Matt Bloyd was quite the revelation here. I didn't know his work before this, but I'm glad I've discovered him now. His effortless tenor pairs very well with Haynes' easy baritone. 
This isn't Haynes' first trip to the recording studio. An accomplished singer, he's dabbled in music before with covers of Dan and Shay's 19 You and Me with New Heights and Josh Groban's You Raise Me Up, as well as an original holiday track, Baby It's Christmas. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com and instinctmagazine.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close with Colton Haynes and Matt Bloyd's cover of A Million Dreams. Just to keep things straight, Matt leads off and Colton picks up on the first chorus. I know you'll enjoy. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. I close my eyes and I can see a world that's waiting up for me that I call my own Through the dark, through the door Through where no one's been before But it feels like home They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy They can say, they can say I've lost my mind I don't care, I don't care if they call us crazy We can live in a world that we design Cause every night I lie in bed The brightest colors fill my head A million dreams are keeping me awake I think of what the world could be A vision of the one I see A million dreams is all it's gonna take A million dreams for the world we're gonna make There's a house we can build Every room inside with things from far away The special things I can pile Each one there to make you smile On a rainy day They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy They can say, they can say we lost our minds I don't care, I don't care if they call us crazy Run away to a world that we desire Every night I lie in bed The brightest colors fill my head A million dreams are keeping me
Every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me away. For the world we're gonna make